Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Love letters. Love letters to Kelly. So awesome. Thank you, Diana Newman, sending that in from Beaufort, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Those are my people, Robert. <laughs> uh, that was her, her kids, Kellen and Mason Newman. And she said, a little letter she included, Kelly and White Cheddar. That's that's you, Robert. That is me. If people don't know, we, we refer to him on Love Letters to Kelly, the podcast, as Robert Ehrman, his birth name. But I'm all professional and stuff. Yeah, you do have lots of radio nicknames, one of them being White Cheddar. But she said, uh, my boys and I absolutely love the Kid Craddock Morning Show. We listen every morning on the way to school, and then we listen to the podcast on the way home. Yay! So we can catch up on what we missed after we got to school. She's a teacher, by the way. It's awesome to have wholesome content that we mm. all enjoy listening to. I'm especially fond of love letters to Kelly because I'm a single mom. So I listen out for any letters that I have similarities to and see if I can apply your advice. So I was ecstatic to find out it would have its own podcast and we hope to make it on one of your shows. Well, there you go, Diana. Kellen and Mason, good job on singing the jingle for us and oh, South Carolina. Mm. I'm going for spring break, Robert. I'm very excited. The whole week? I'm going for spring break week. Yes, I'm going to go and visit my Aunt Velma, okay. cousin Cindy, and her daughters. You know, Grayson just got a new house. Oh, really? My cousin Leah's expecting a baby. Okay. And a best friend, Tommy Jean, since fifth grade. It's going to be a sad... When, you, mm. when I get back... A lot of eating. A lot of eating. I'm dieting. I'm pre-dieting for spring break. Not okay. because I'm going to be on a beach in a bikini, because I'm going to be eating my way through South Carolina, the boiled peanuts and the barbecue. But you're also not going to be able to understand me when I come back. Perfect. Being around all those Southern women, it just gets to me. I'm already starting to get a little bit of it just talking about it. Do you think we get more letters from single people or married people with problems? Oh, gosh. Man, as a as a whole, I think it's single people, but like, well, it relates, it, people that are in relationships, yeah. not necessarily married, right? What do you think? Can you, uh, I, I, guess I would say a years, lot of married, though. A lot. A lot. A lot. It's really interesting. If you don't mind, I I actually got a letter uh, before we start into the letters that you're going to have for me, a letter from Jamie. She actually DM'd me and I asked her if I could share this. And she said, yes. She just said, you know, she's been listening to the Kid Craddock Morning Show, our nationally syndicated show since she was a little girl and she's now a grown woman. And I've been doing love letters to Kelly on the radio for, what, 25 years, I mm-hmm. guess. And she just said... Uh, I recently lost my husband of 10 years in a bad car wreck while he was on his way to work. Besides me, he leaves behind the two children we have together. I wanted to write into Love Letters to Kelly and just remind people who write about the small things, such as how something their spouse does or doesn't do annoys them, and just tell them to cherish it. I had so many things that annoyed me about my husband, from his snoring to his incredibly off-time singing, but all of that seems so special to me now. You guys have been one of the very few things that have helped me tremendously throughout the last two months and seven days. Wow. I will continue to listen every day to make sure I have a good laugh. No pressure. LOL. 
<laughs> all I really wanted to say was thanks for all you guys do and for keeping me from drowning in depression through all this. And that was again from Jamie. So Jamie, gosh, my heart breaks for you in that loss. But when I get letters like that, it reminds me that we're not, you know, sometimes I feel like we're just talking nonsense and who's really taking my advice. Are they listening? But even if you're just listening for entertainment value and never take my advice, I love hearing from people that say it helps get me through a really tough spot in life, whether right. it's losing a spouse or being by, you know, a parent's bedside when they're going through cancer treatments and things like that. That's, that just reminds me what, what we do is really special, Robert. Yeah. yeah. You never know what people are going through and. That's right. So thank you again, Jamie, for sharing that. But let's get to some letters for this week's podcast. Dear Kelly, you are the love expert. I am. I'm a 22-year-old college student and I have a huge problem. I've been really good friends with a guy for a while now. We started doing laundry together, but this is not your typical friends with benefits relationship. Oh, doesn't sound like it so Mm. far. When we're not busy, we're always calling each other and having great conversations. There isn't a day that goes by that we do not hang out. Over the past week, I've realized that I actually like this guy a lot. My problem is that I know for a fact that he is not into me. He just recently got out of a serious relationship and he mentions his ex a lot. I'm pretty sure he isn't over her. I also feel like he does see me as a potential partner for him. I've come to the realization that there is no way he would like me more than a friend. How do I get over this guy? Do we stop talking? Please help this confused girl. Well, confused. You need to cut off the sex. Cut that off. Because... I know it feels good in the moment, but how do you feel good the next morning? How do you say that right? <laughs> how do you feel good? Is that what I said? Feel good. How do you feel the next morning? You know, that sense of being used, you know, you're being used, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going anywhere and that's not good for your, your spirit. That's not good for your ego. That's not good for your dating life because you're wasting time spinning wheels There's a part of you that's being satisfied because you have somebody to talk to. You have somebody that distracts you from having to go out and find somebody else. But there is somebody else. I I know every every stage of life, I don't care if you're 22, 32, 42, 52. If you're single, every woman feels the same way. There's nobody for me. And then miraculously, you know, somebody pops up. But you've got to shut the door on this. You're using him as well. I was going to say, as much you're if you him. really care for him, you're not doing him a favor. No, he, well, you know, he's well. <laughs> you're serving as a therapist to him. Yeah. And you're serving as a uh, release for him. But that doesn't mean he doesn't like you as a person, but he is using you. But I think you're using him, too, because he's feeling an emotional need there, but not really. He's not really fulfilling you. So I would uh, take the risk of cutting off the sex and seeing how much longer that conversation continues. I mean, it could be the best thing you ever did. Yeah, because the minute he finds somebody he is wanting to pursue a relationship with, you're going to be blindsided. Or which could be you if you quit doing that. No. You don't think? There's not a chance. There could be a chance. Well, there's a one in, uh, I don't know how She could many. say, I'm, a, I'm better than this. I'm not doing this. Yeah, and he could it. come and go, uh, Try you know it. What? Let him see you as a strong person. Sure, Robert. She could try that too. But I don't want her to do that with that being her motive. I want her to go ahead and explore her options and start looking for other men, yeah. which will also make her more attractive to him. Love letters. Love letters to Kelly. Dear Kelly, you are the love expert. I am. My 24-year-old son is battling alcoholism, and I'm falling apart at the seams trying to figure out how to help. Almost a year ago, he broke up with his longtime girlfriend, his first love, and moved back in with us. We knew he was sad, but had no idea how sad. He started drinking often. He soon lost his job because he was found multiple times passed out drunk at work. 
About a month ago, we got a call in the middle of the night from the sheriff's office saying he had been found unresponsive in the middle of the highway, facing the wrong direction with his lights off. We rushed to the scene fearing the worst, but he was apparently passed out with alcohol bottles everywhere in the car. Mm. We then took his keys and were in the process of trying to figure out what to do. New Year's Day, I woke up to a text from him saying they were towing my car and that he was sorry for everything. Mm. Turns out he got arrested for breaking into a shed of a man who he had worked for and stealing a lot of alcohol. He's in jail now with a felony charge of burglary of a building. He calls off and begging us to get him out. We're scared of what will happen next if we do. So we've left our child in jail for a month. I'm a teacher and I cry all the time now. I'm sure my students think I'm going nuts. I just don't know what to do. Everyone tells me it's not my fault, but we raised him. So I just can't help not feeling responsible for raising a kid with no coping skills. Any advice is appreciated. Love y'all. Stephanie. Stephanie, my heart hurts for you. Um, I don't know I'm crying. I know why you're crying, because you're a mom and you're in pain, and that's awful, and I'm so sorry, but I don't want you to take full responsibility for that, because I've watched families who have, I don't know if this is your only child. Is this your only child? He's my middle one. Okay, so I'm assuming you've raised two other children who aren't alcoholics, who aren't sitting in a jail cell this morning, and why would you take all the blame for what your one son's done you know, and take credit for the other two, right? Yeah. So don't 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 take that burden on yourself. I am really happy that you did not bail him out immediately because I have instances in my own family where I've seen where people have dealt with, you know, I've had other relatives who've had issues like that and the family always bails them out and it never gets fixed. It just gets worse and worse until unfortunately something tragic could happen. But I don't know what legally you have looked at, but is there any way that the only way you will bail him out is if you get him to commit to treatment? Is he willing to do that? Right now, he thinks he doesn't need it. And he said if we put him in there, he would, he knows that he's legally able to just leave because he's an adult. I wrote his attorney and told him everything that had happened. And he's going to try asking the judge to make mandatory rehab. But he said that it's out of his hands. It just depends what the judge is in the mood for that day. Mm-hmm. But if the judge can assign it to him, then he'll have to go and won't be able to leave. Well, that's He the... thinks that he can do it with just, there's a pill you can take that makes you throw up if you drink. Right. He wants to just do that. But we're just really worried that that won't fix the problem. Right. I think we're beyond the throw up pill. Yeah. When he's sitting in jail, he's dodged a bullet that he hasn't killed someone or himself, Right. So I think everybody should have to take a hard line with him and hopefully you'll get just like a really strict judge that, you know, the judge becomes the bad guy and not mom and dad because we never want to be the bad guy. Right. But sometimes we have to because it's out of love where that's coming from, because you're just trying to at this point save his life and save other people's lives around him. So it's time to just be as tough as you can and get the courts to help you as much as they can and. I would try to get him committed to a rehab, if at all possible. He was, over the past year, had stopped believing in God. Like, he used to 100%. And then over the past year, with all this happening, he started arguing with people that, you know, there wasn't a God. And so right. I tried talking to him. That the fact that he's alive is proof that there is. Right. Because he has two times, and the man went out there, when he was caught burglarizing this man, the man went out there with a gun, intending oh. on killing him. But then he said when he saw that he was a kid, he said he couldn't shoot a kid, so he beat him with a gun. Thank God he didn't 
he would have been, you know, what court would have convicted him, you know, of, of shooting someone, robbing his property. That is the hand of God, right? Exactly. Like I told him, and then the time he was in the middle of the highway, like that, that was on Interstate 45. Like that could have ended up, it was the middle of the night and his car, his lights were off. And he, he was so drunk, he just passed out behind the wheel. You just do what you have to do to get him into rehab, no matter what it takes. And you let his butt sit in that jail cell until that happens. That's what I would do as his mom. All right, thank you. And don't feel, don't you, don't you take the blame for his life choices because, I mean, that's those are his personal choices he's made. But you as his mother, I know you want to do everything you can to help him come through it and survive it. And that's what being a mom is. But please don't beat yourself up over it. Oh, goodness. Thank you guys both. It's so weird that my first thought, I was trying to get advice. I just immediately thought of you. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I hope I said something that helps. Yes, thank you both. Well, let us know what how it turns out. I do want to, you know, if if you can, let us know what you decide to do and, and how that works out. And hopefully you get the right judge and your son in that right courtroom. And this is all going to keep, you know, going with, you know, God's hand over it, that it'll lead him toward recovery and a sober life. I will. Thank you both. All right. Thank, Thank you, you, Stephanie. Thanks for sharing that with us. Oh. oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Man, a mother's heartbreak. That's real. Mm. That's real. But yeah, I don't like it when parents, I know a lot of times we do want to take the blame for our kid going off the wrong path. And, you know, it's like I said, you can have two or three children, the same family and you've got the one. So why would you take the blame for one when the, uh, you know, right. When the others are not doing those same behaviors. There's only so much you can do. Yeah. I'm so proud of her for not bailing him out. Yes. I'm so proud of her for letting him sit there. And he's still not, to him, in his mind, he hasn't even hit rock bottom yet. No. He's it, like, you I'll can't just, get him out until he's ready to get no, out, right? that's right. That's right. Until the judge or the courts have to force them. And maybe there'll be a wake-up call for him. And man, if, if, he, if he hasn't reached his own personal rock bottom yet, what, what is does it? that yeah. look like? What does that look like? And I hope nobody has to die or be seriously injured before that happens. But yeah, as long as people keep bailing out people with addictions, I mean, you're not really helping them. How are you helping them? Gosh, I hope Stephanie lets us know that hopefully it turns out all right. That was one of the first letters we got on at loveletterstokelly at gmail.com. Yeah, and that's where you can send all of your letters. And, and hopefully, you know, once I give the advice, if you do or do not decide to take it, you'll at least let us know how it works out for you because we really do care. Love letters. Love letters to Kelly. Dear Kelly, you are the love expert. I am. I wanted your opinion on the dating mentality of the rules philosophy which is where a woman is never supposed to initiate contact with a man and let the man take control of everything. If you don't, you'll always have to wonder if the only reason he's interested is because you started the conversation. Well, I agree with their advice of playing hard to get. I wanted to see what your thoughts of about their adamant rule of never initiating anything with a guy. Thanks, Lynn. No, I don't agree to that. I don't like the idea of a woman being the pursuer, the aggressor, but... There's nothing wrong with a woman making that initial contact, like the whole Bumble philosophy, which is how I met my husband, is the woman has to reach out first and she starts the communication, which I did with my husband. But then I wanted the man to take over from that point, you know, so you make the initial contact and then you let the man take over pursuing. Sometimes men, we just think they're all so brave and bold and if they want to go get what they want and just take it. But they sometimes need a little bit of an encouragement. And then I think at that point, you relinquish the 
responsibilities of pursuing the relationship. If you have a man that's so shy and so incapable of expressing himself that you have to do everything, that's exhausting. But um, I don't have any problem with letting a man know, like, if you're feeling chemistry with someone and they haven't quite tipped over, because you might think as a woman, I'm giving him all the signals, but you might not even realize how bad you are at that. Yeah. <laughs> My mother used to tell me, you don't realize the vibe you're giving off. She said, I would give off a don't come near me vibe. And I didn't think I was. In my mind, I had on my happy face and I'm I welcoming him in, welcoming no. him in. My I, I felt like I had a pleasant look on my face and my eyes were sparkling. That's the way I felt. And my mother would say, no, you, you give off a cold kind of like a dominant kind of don't come near me. And I had no idea. I was so clueless as to the vibes I was giving off. So some men may not be picking up on the idea that, hey, I'm interested in you. So to kind of nudge him in the direction of, hey, are you going to this um, arts festival this weekend? Are you going to that? I was thinking about going that, but I can't find anybody that wants to go. That's not blatantly asking him out, but that's kind of nudging him in that direction. And if he's interested, he'll pick up on that. Yeah. But that's you not in a roundabout way saying, hey, Bob, I want you to go out with me this weekend. I'll pick you up at seven. That's different. So I think you can nudge him in that direction. And I I always refer to Matthew Hussey's book, Get the Guy. He's got some great ways that women can initiate conversation where men don't even realize that it's happening. It's a trick. They (laughs) they think they're initiating it. Right. Because it's, it's just like men, they still need to be that knight in shining armor, right? There's that savior complex a lot of them have or, you know, saving the damsel in distress. So it's as simple as asking a man a question for help, anything like he'll say, if you if you're going to um, the bar to pick up drinks for you and your girlfriend, you have your coat and you tell the guy that you think's really hot. Hey, would you mind holding my jacket for one second while I run these drinks to my girlfriend? He's suddenly like, he's helping you out. Hero. He's your hero. And that's the end for him to, when you come back to say, thanks so much for holding my coat. Then if he keeps the conversation going, he's interested. If he just lets you go, he was just a nice guy helping you out. See things like that. Or if you're in line at Starbucks, for instance, not a sponsor, happy to have you if you're interested. Um, And the guy behind you, you're there every day, same time, the same guy's behind you. He doesn't have a wedding ring on. You think he's so cute, but he's never spoken to you. And you're finally like, I've got to say something. It's driving me nuts. It's been going on for three weeks. You might turn around to him in line and say, hey, have you ever tried that egg white bites thing? Is that any good? Or is there anything in the counter you like? You're asking him again for his opinion, his advice. He feels a little bit, oh, let me help you out there. And if he's interested, it might lead to conversation. But it's those little things. There are men all around us. I don't think you have to necessarily start walking around saying, hey, baby, let me buy you a drink. Let me pick you up. You don't have to do that as a woman. But I think there is a way you can subtly let him know you're interested. So the rules, good to a point. But those two women that started the rules years ago, we had them on the radio show. And I thought they were the two most obnoxious people I'd ever spoken to. They were so rude and harsh and awful. But they were making tons of money at the time. But I think they both ended up divorced or something. But they were just so abrasive in their approach. And like, I never do anything. The man has to do everything. I was like, that's not really fair. Right. That's not fair. But I think that's, you know, some softened rules are good. Take the rules, but soften them up around the edges. Dear Kelly, you are the love expert. I am. I'm 40 years old and at odds with my mother. Uh Uh-oh. My dad abandoned us when I was a toddler and my mom spent the next 20 years moving us from one new stepdad to the next. 
One was physically abusive, making a very traumatic and scary childhood. From my early years to now, I've always felt like she chose men over her children. Mm. She's now been married to her current husband for 20 years, and he's nice, and I'm happy for her. But he is clinging and dominant of her time. A little over a month ago, my mother and I were out shopping a few hours away. Halfway through the day, she mentions that we need to head home because she's promised her husband she'd be back in time for dinner. I was so mad. She can have dinner any day with him, any day of the week. But she said she didn't want him to be mad that she was gone too long. This is how she's been my entire life, so I just guess she expected me to be okay with it. But this was the straw that broke the camel's back. We made the two-hour drive home in silence, and we haven't spoken since. Mm. It's been five weeks. Mm. I'm not sure how to proceed. She's good at holding a grudge, so I know she won't be the one to reach out, but I don't feel like I should have caved like I always do. Should I expect her to change after all these years of the same behavior, or should I just keep my distance to protect myself? Side note, her current husband says the Bible says, <laughs> your spouse comes before your children, and that has been her defense in the past. I've yet to find that scripture that says that, in reference to the stepdad especially. Sincerely, always second place, Stephanie. I'm trying to think of that Bible verse, too, because I know the, the verse that I reference, and I probably should look it up because I reference it a lot, is the children leave their parents to go cleave to their spouse. But I've never heard the other version. Mm. But hey, the I'm no Bible is, expert myself. The so. Bible's open to broad interpretation by a lot of people. So, Stephanie, hey. Hi. Girl, I am so sorry, first of all. I wish I'm so glad you're you're at least going to attempt to help me. I'm going to try. <laughs> Listen, you know your mom's she's never going to change. You know that. Right. She is right. who she is. It's just a matter of how much are you willing to let her back into your life? That's a tough one cuz you your mother can only do so much. I don't think she's capable of doing more. So you have to decide if that's enough for you. And you know she's not going to apologize first. You're going to have to be the first one to do it. You know you're the bigger person. You're almost the parent in this relationship. Right, very true. I hate it. So either you just have to go about your business and cut her off completely, but I don't think that's in your heart. I don't think that's in your nature. I think you're going to. And that would be really hard. I just, I'm really bad about putting a boundary up to protect myself and I have a brother and sister and they she's the same to them but they've all but cut her off I mean they're civil to her at family gatherings but really they don't have a relationship outside of that and I really don't want I'm the last like lone holdout and I don't want to cut her off because I do enjoy our time together but I just it's always these instances where she's constantly picking him over us and making us feel like we're not important enough or good enough and you know yeah it's hurtful but the time you are together, it's good. It's not filled with, you know, any kind of, until she says, I got to go, everything's really good. Right. right. And just to give you another example, she married him when I was 18, and he imposed a lot of rules when, when he moved into our house that, you know, as an 18-year-old, you feel like you want to spread your wings, that I had graduated high school, so I didn't want to curve you, you know, how 18-year-old. Right. So I decided to move out on my own. And we, my mom and I spent a Saturday going and getting, like, essential things for an apartment, a trash can, a silverware holder, silverware, stuff like that. And we spent, the, the, you know, like a couple of hours in the morning out Target and Pier 1 and all these places, and then we get back to the apartment, and she's going to help me hang the painting on the wall, and she's going to help me arrange the bed. And then he calls and says, well, you've been gone half a day. Are you coming home? And she was like, okay, Seth, got to go. And I just yeah. felt like this is such a monumental thing in my life moving out for the first time and you're just going to ditch because you just don't want to disappoint no backbone to see yeah. up to me yeah but you know that's so who she is literally been my whole life yeah but you you keep expecting her to be who she isn't 
you know? Right. So that's the thing is, you know, if you at 18, you already knew she was going to probably bail if he called anyway. It's it's horrible. I I would, you know, every once in a while you wish you would just like choose me. Just choose me right. once. But. And I thought you'd be such a good person to ask, not only because you give great advice, but because, you know, with you and Alan being newly married and you have Emma Kelly, it's like, at, at what point do you tell Alan, you have to take a back seat because I have to deal with this? Or do you tell Emma Kelly, he, he comes first because now he's my, my spouse? I think what he is talking about in the Bible verse that he references is, it says, because you, you take a husband and then you have children with that husband. Mm-hmm. So it, they go in that order. But I want to say, well, honey, this is your fifth husband. So, you know, right. we were here. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I get he likes, that. He likes to pull the Bible verse that works in his favor. <laughs> right. You know? Don't we all? Don't let's be honest. Don't we all? Uh-huh. So, yeah, I'm going to have to look up these verses. Like I said, I keep referencing them. But I just think you have to just hope for the best, but always expect the worst. (laughs) Isn't that terrible? But, you know, if you want your mom in your life in these little doses, you're going to have to be the first one to reach out. Maybe just send her a little card or something. I don't want you to, you know, just something. Do you think any kind of like joint counseling or do you think that's... Well, that's great, but I don't think it's going to make a difference this this late in life. I mean, how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? I'm, I'm 40, so it's been going on, I mean, forever. Yeah, I mean... She, it's, it's probably it not is what it change. is and she's she might very well move on to husband number six I mean you just don't know right. but right. I mean I mean you could go to counseling for you I think that would be right. great because I, I don't have a psychology degree or anything like that I just you know people ask me questions and I give my opinion I mean I don't have a degree or anything but maybe having someone who is completely unbiased just to dump on once a week that might do your right. spirit some good. Um, right. You can ask your mother to go with you, but yeah. you know good and well she don't want to go. She, yeah. you know, she yeah. did, she's well, avoiding. Well, it won't be okay with him anyway. <laughs> well, she's avoiding conflict because yeah, she, exactly. <laughs> she's avoiding conflict with him. She she doesn't care about the conflict with you because she's afraid she would lose him if she doesn't do exactly. She's she's on pins and needles. Like if I don't do exactly what he wants, he might leave me. My kids aren't going to leave me. My kids are my blood. Right. They're always there. You know, it's right. like True. she takes it out on you, and he gets. You know what I'm saying? He's he, she's afraid of if she doesn't do exactly what he says, she'll be out looking for another husband. So, right. you know, all you can do is just love her where she is. Maybe the counseling for myself will help me help me come to grips with that reality. Yeah, I appreciate you guys taking the time so much. Well, I don't feel like I've really helped you, but maybe getting you to you know go into counseling that's that's something. But you can't. She's not going to change. You can only change how right. you you can only control how you react to someone. And that's true. You know, I wouldn't, you know, cut her off, invite her to things. If she shows up, great. If she's gone in 30 minutes, oh, well, wasn't it good to see mom? And then just go about enjoying your life instead of stewing on it. Right. Yeah, that's good advice because I do. I'm a stewer yeah, for sure. Yeah, you got to you got to occupy yourself with um, another thought. <laughs> yeah. I hope that helps some. It does. Thank you guys so much. Oh. I'm so excited for y'all's new podcast. Thank you, Thank Stephanie. You. We're excited, and we've uh, hopefully it's going to just get bigger and bigger, and I've got big plans. Like, I was already thinking, let's take it on the road, Robert. Let's you know, go on the road. Let's go. Why not? Already. Okay. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Maybe in the future. You'll have to have your dad, Kelly, on, like, as a guest, a guest uh advisor. Oh, you talk 100%. about some Bible references. You'll get all the references yeah. that day. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll talk to Jerry Raspberry about that. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Awesome. Well, thank you, Stephanie. Good luck with that. You're welcome. Thank y'all so much. Congratulations. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
some of these questions are harder, you know. Some of them are like so clear cut and some of them are so gray. Such a gray area. But I feel bad for people. Well, you can only help yourself at that point. Yeah, exactly. It's like, man, at this point in life, her mom is never going to change. No. Recognize for what it is and move on. It is what it is. And I'd rather have... You know, it's like that uh, line. I, I'm, I'm quoting things that I don't have, you know, in front of me because I don't know where we're going with these letters. But it's like that line from um, Steel Magnolias, you know, when Julia Roberts' character, she, you know, doesn't do what she's supposed to do. So she's about to die. <laughs> but she's she risked it all. She said she'd rather have that, you know, a little bit of something special than a lifetime of nothing. So, I mean, I know that's a weird reference to, to say with your mother, but to have those little moments. Of I'd words. rather have 30 minutes of wonderful than a lifetime of nothing special. Is well, that Robert, it? Robert, you had that memorized? Well, you know. You're a fast Googler. Google. But right. Say that again. I'd rather have 30 minutes of wonderful than a lifetime of nothing special. Right. So it's like, okay, let's take it to Stephanie's relationship with her mom. Have little 30 minutes of special. Yeah. Instead of a lifetime of nothing. You know? How do you think about Jerry Raspberry coming on? Oh, I love it. You do. I know you do. <laughs> you don't? No, it'd be great. I'd just be like sitting back like, I'd be a little yeah. bit scared. You know, like my dad would be, any advice I give my dad would be judging me. Like We'd probably have to uh, look at some of the letters and uh, right. make sure they were uh, Carefully appropriate. Yes. Carefully screened letters <laughs> for Jerry Raspberry. Well, that was... That was a good one, Robert. You feel good about it? <laughs> of course. I feel good about it. I always feel good about it, especially when I'm with you. Oh, thank you. My little running buddy here. But again, we want to thank Diana Newman for sending in uh, Kellen and Mason singing the love letters to Kelly Jingle this week, all the way from Beaufort, South Carolina. And of course, we'd love to hear you or your kids singing the jingle. And if you'd like to submit that. Loveletterstokelly.com. Loveletterstokelly.com to submit those jingles. And also, if you have any letter, you need some advice, I'd love love to try to help you out. Loveletterstokelly.com. Love letters. Love letters to Kelly. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.